Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, we are back. We are back with our number two. We're into the afternoon edition here now on uh, 610 KDAL Radio. Kenny, in the first hour, we were talking a little bit about what you had uh, brought up about, uh, you know, now that they've got tanks or got the agreement to provide tanks, that maybe uh, the next thing would be fighter jets. And that is uh, that is something that some of the countries have already looked uh, looked upon. And I want to just wrap up this discussion with a couple of last comments on things that I have read here. Uh, the Dutch foreign minister, uh, his name is Wopke Opeka, evidently told the Dutch parliament what, what, last his, week. It's what? Whoop-dee-whoop-dee-doo. I guess it is. Oh, jeez, if he was whoop-dee-doo, he'd be part of a polka song. Yes, it could be. He could be a polka musician. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he he told his cabinet last week that they would look at supplying F-16 fighter jets. Those are pretty pretty intense fighter jets if Kiev requested them. We are open-minded. There are no taboos, the Dutch said. Well, evidently the Dutch don't feel they have any concerns at all about retaliation from Russia. Um, But some of the other countries that were looked at this, uh, for example, Germany is very questionable about providing anything. Other senior politicians are significantly less gung-ho. A German chancellor, Olaf Scholz, ruled out fighter jet deliveries Wednesday, citing the need to prevent further military escalation. And that's basically what you get when you add more of these uh, vehicles of mass destruction or weapons of war is that you, you open up more escalation. There will be no fighter jet deliveries to, to the Ukraine, he said. This was made very clear very early, including, he says, from the U.S. president. Now, I don't know. We haven't heard Joe talk about this much <clears throat> at all lately. But Ukrainian-European allies foresee a conflict. And here's what, I think this was what Jeff was indicating. That Where is this going to end up? The Ukrainian-European uh, allies foresee a conflict that could last three to five more years or longer. And there are concerns that the West, in other words, us and, and uh, Germany and maybe even the United Kingdom, are close to the limit of what can be provided without triggering an extreme response from Moscow. You know, because again, we don't know just how far Putin can be pushed into a into a corner. <clears throat> we know he's got massive amounts of nuclear weapons and uh, missile technology, but we don't know how far he would carry that. Early last year, Western allies agreed an unwritten policy not to supply Ukraine with fully comprehensive package of weapons immediately after the invasion out of fear that we would trigger a big response from Russia. Now, I don't know, is it maybe that Russia has not responded to any of us yet? Maybe he hasn't uh, responded to Germany, he hasn't responded to anybody for the weapons they've provided. If if he did, if all of a sudden tomorrow we had a massive strike on one of our cities <clears throat> and uh, and Putin said, you know what, that's for all the, the technology you've been providing the Ukraine and how many men you've killed with that technology that the Ukrainians have killed of our men. 
you better think again before you do it again. Uh, what would that, how, how would we retaliate? Would we retaliate with a full-blown war, an invasion? Or would we try to back off a little bit? I guess we don't know. We won't know until that time comes. <clears throat> Many countries in the West think that if we were to supply Ukraine with all the hardware that they asked for in the first phase of the war, there would be a strong Russian reaction, including maybe even nuclear but we don't know what's going to happen now. We know that the longer this drags out, the more uh, Russians are killed over there. <clears throat> we know that there's going to be problems. I mean, already the West has supported uh, javelin weapons, portable air defense systems such as Stingers, uh, more recently surfaced air Patriot missile tanks, armored vehicles. The delivery of air aircraft Really is only a matter of when then, isn't it? I mean, some countries have said they would they would do that. Other ones said no. So we just don't know how <clears throat> how or what's going to happen. But, you know, in the first hour, we were talking about what's going on down at the Capitol. And we got our own little source <laughs> that will tell us more of exactly what's going on. Uh, you know, we have a new uh, District 3B representative here that has replaced uh, the one that was there for many, many years, and that's Natalie Zelesnikar. Uh, and she's on the phone, wants to talk about some of the legislative things that are going on down in St. Paul. Uh, Natalie, welcome. First of all, uh, have, uh, thank you very much for calling in. Yeah, nice to uh, hear a voice from the Northland. And I'm down here at uh, the House of Representatives, and we've got a lot going on. Oh, my God. You know, I was in the first hour, I was reading a little bit of, uh, you know, what what the governor has uh, put out that his budget is going to be for the next two years. And it's a I mean, it's an increase of like 27 percent over the prior two years. Increase. Yeah. 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 And there's there, there. It seems like there's everything for anybody in there. The soups to nuts. He wants to rebuild the education system. I mean, there's. There's some tax mm -hmm. returns. There's some money coming back to the people. But what are you hearing? Uh, you know, here, let me give you a let me give you a quote, which I'm sure you've already heard from your own uh, party, House Minority mm -hmm. Leader Lisa Dumoth from uh, Cold, yeah. Cold Springs. Yeah. She yeah. said yesterday. Yeah, she's pretty sharp. She said yesterday, Republican leaders will look into working with Democrats to fully repeal the Social Security income tax. And that would be a real plus, I think. But uh, there's I other do. things that I think she's looking at that uh, maybe you're not going to support the governor on. What What are you hearing from your constituents? You know, I think the Social Security tax is a, something that, bipartisan. I mean, Democrats and Republicans ran on that. And I think we need to follow through for Minnesota once and for all on the Social Security tax. Yes. So I already signed on to uh, several bills for that, and I hope to see that happen. Uh, right now, today, we're going to be hearing a bill that the House filed seven on the House floor this afternoon. I expect to be here late tonight. It's called the blackout bill for a reason, um, because it's it's really changing how we do energy in Minnesota and, you know, eliminating coal and gas and, you know, right on down the line. And it's going to have a significant uh, price tag because right now people know their electrical bills are going up. And so... Yep. This only moves us to an electric grid system that puts more stress on a system that's already stressed. And um, so this is this is uh, very concerning to me. This will be today. And, um, you know, I think winter blackouts in Minnesota are going to are going to be real and catastrophic 
And, um, you know, the mid-continent independent systems operator, this MISO grid, already, if you look at it, it shows we don't have the enough reliable power plant capacity online to no. meet any expected peak electrical demand. So when you're looking at, are you going to turn off your heat when we have six months of winter in northern Minnesota? It's a whole different issue. And then equally important to some people, are you going to turn off your air conditioning and have mold and everything? You know, so it, it is, it's an issue for us. And so uh, House File 7 is, is rightfully called the, the blackout bill because it is moving us in a, it, it's an all or none mentality right now with Democrats. It's, we have to have nothing except this. And it's one shoe fits all feet. And I, I don't see that being a realistic model for Minnesota. No. It, well, there was a there's a story in today's Duluth News Tribune where the rates are going up. They, they were projected to go up maybe as much as 17.5%, but they're only going to add 95 immediately. But, but Minnesota Power right. uh, stated right in the story that uh, part of the deal is that only about half, half of our energy right now comes from renewable. And if we're going to convert it all to renewable... It's going to be very expensive. Correct. And everything comes with a price tag. Nothing is free, even if we think it's given to us free. It's not free. And so there is becoming less people. When you look at Minnesota is one of the states where people are moving out of, not moving into. So there's less people that are going to be on the tax roll supporting whatever we put in place. And this is an unsustainable grid that's going to have repercussions and you know, quite frankly, if you can't stay warm, it's severe implications for people's life. Absolutely. The topic next week is driver's license for all. And so that is um, going to be on, on when I come back Monday. That'll be the first thing we're oh, talking yeah. about. And so it's there's a lot of topics right now that I think people are interested in. I'm trying to keep people updated and uh, working on health care. We're working on a lot of committees. Hospitals aren't able to discharge to nursing homes, so I have subgroups going and I'll be meeting back in the district in um, Hermantown in February and in Two Harbors to just get some best practices and figure out some solutions uh, so people with disabilities and seniors can get care they need. Well, you got your hands full down there, Natalie. I'll tell you, I've been reading a little bit. I don't know if you've met this representative yet, this Sandra Feast. Sandra Feast, have you met her yes. yet? Yes. Did you see what she, what she has, uh, her and one of her colleagues is now uh, trying to uh, say that we shouldn't do any mining at all in anywhere up in the Boundary Waters Canoe area. Nowhere yeah. near anywhere up in there. Yes. And so there's a, I signed a bill for making Minnesota mining friendly um, also. And um, I think, I think there's just going to be a lot of conversations. There's a lot of um, real, I would say real extreme situations going on in language that I think uh, northern Minnesota is paying attention and rightfully so I think the whole state needs to pay attention and um, look forward to um, you know having people get involved and people have been stopping by already in the three weeks I've been here so it's been great I saw superintendent today from Proctor and Duluth schools and talked to the superintendent from St. Louis County from that area so it's been great he's a superintendent today so yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for checking in with us today, Natalie. And, I, and please be uh, be free to do it anytime you want. Anytime you've got an issue that has come up, please give us a call. We'll be more than happy to give you some time. That sounds great. Have a great All day. All right. Everybody. Thank you. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Kenny, we got to take our uh, take our break. We'll be back shortly. KDAL time, 1224, 12 degrees in Duluth. 8 degrees in Hibbing, lots of sunshine. And Brad, uh, looking at the National Weather Service, they uh, rate the uh, days by uh, 
cloud cover. And so whether it's clear, whether it's partly cloudy, or whether it's uh, cloudy. This month, or this year, we've only had three days, three clear days. (laughs) Today will be the fourth day this month, and it's been 10 days since we've had sunshine. We've had 10 consecutive days of clouds and mist and fog and snow, uh, albeit it's been rather mild uh, temperature-wise, but boy, it's nice to have some sunshine today. Oh, yeah. The sunshine always makes you feel better. It, it really does, even if it's cold. And, you know, uh, but this is kind of normal for this time of year, isn't it? Usually January, February, we don't see the, uh, too much of the sun in the Northland. Yeah, it's lower in the horizon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Kenny, I was asking Natalie if she has met this uh, Sandra Feast yet. This is the, you know, not only is this the woman that has now called uh, for uh, doing away with uh, copper nickel mining anywhere near Ely uh, that would bring, uh, you know, we, we've heard that there's a couple of different options that would bring about 2,000 new jobs to those areas. But this woman from down in, uh, she's in uh, a DFL or from New Brighton. I don't even know if she would know her way up in the northern part of the state. But she's the same woman that last week we talked about. She's the one that said uh, something, and I'm paraphrasing, but uh, when they had the discussion about putting um, uh, period items in girls' washrooms. Oh, boy. She's the one that said, no, it has to be in all washrooms, yeah. boys and girls, oh, because there gal. are some men that menstruate as well. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that uh, advertisement? It's a print advertisement, and it's uh, a bunch of different men, and for some reason a lot of them have tattoos. I'm not sure what that's all about. And I, I'm not sure what to make of the picture, but all these men are wearing white underwear with red spots, and then you know it it indicates that uh, <laughs> all all people have periods or what have you. And I thought, when when did we go off what the cliff, did, Brad? What? Where where? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> Does this go back to Obama too? Because a lot of things changed with President Obama. You know, he did well, say. Remember what he said, and I've got the sound bite here. This is what President Obama said when he was elected. We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. And that, in fact, we sure have done it. <laughs> yeah, this is the woman, and I mean, I I don't want to be petty and complain about looks, but this is the woman who has that bright red like poured out of a bottle hair color you know it's not her own color obviously but she's trying to create a look like elon omar or something because she wants to be that kind of a radical goofball i think i think it's ilhan (laughs) ilhan yeah well her first uh her first effort as a legislator was to try to make it okay to put a minstrel machines in every public washroom yeah, in public yeah. schools in the yeah. country. And now her second one is uh, to try to outlaw any kind of mining in northern Minnesota. In fact, her, her legislation here is is pretty broad. It would ban mining in 1.9 million acres of land near uh, the Boundary Waters Canoe area. So, I mean, it's a, it's a huge bunch of land in northern Minnesota. Any project, she says, any of them would be too close to the BWC. I wonder if she's ever been up there. Uh, the bill leaves no loose ends or open questions about whether sulfite or copper mining will ever be permitted uh, on state-owned land in the Rainy Rivers headquarters, uh, she told a press conference Tuesday. 
More than 20 DFL legislators in the House and Senate have signed on to the bill as sponsors, nearly all of them representing areas in the Twin Cities. Yeah, they so all do, course, Brad. It's it's horrible. It's ridiculous. And, uh, you know, that's where the uh, the progressives, the far left, the uh, uh, ultra-socialists live. Oh, yeah. It's... it's well, and, and that's their whole genre is they, uh, they believe that the people in northern Minnesota should never earn a good living mining or doing anything like that. They should be canoe outfitters, and you should carve little wood trinkets and sell them to us as we're well, what up is it? wandering around the boundary. Walks. What is it with the metropolitan areas? The metro areas have the highest concentration of uh, uh, Democrats, per se. But oh, yeah. is it something? Yeah. Are there a lot of gas stoves in that region of <laughs> metropolitan areas? <laughs> You know, because gas stoves are evil and, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, they causing cause... mental breakdown yes, or something. Yes, I, I don't know. I mean, not to me, but uh, maybe to them it does. I don't no. know. I don't know. Let's ask Tom from over in Port Wing. Maybe he knows. What do you think, Tom? You think there's maybe too many gas stoves in those areas that's causing those people to go loony? Well, I personally believe that most of them are uh, disconnected from reality. And that's their biggest problem. And, you know, they, they need to actually, um, you know, find out what it's like to live in the real world. You live in an urban area too long and you kind of get, you know, you're, you're far removed from it. Some of the silliest things I've ever heard is, is about farming, you know, because yeah. today less, less than 2% of the people in this country are involved in agriculture. And, you know, years ago, uh, that was not the case. And people no. were more well-rounded, I would say. You know, um, you know, first, Boy, it's just the reality of you raise animals and then you slaughter them and you market them and you eat them, you know. Yeah. And uh, a lot of these people, they're, they're just horrified at that while they're sitting uh, at McDonald's chewing on a hamburger. Yeah, you know, exactly. They, but I, the reason I called is I, I wanted to say something about the situation in Ukraine. Um, yeah. I, of all the things that people do, Brad, I'm sure you know this. When we engage in war, it's the most unpredictable outcomes ever. Nobody oh, ever really knows what. I mean, no. it wasn't too long ago we had a, a world war started uh, because uh, the Archduke Ferdinand got assassinated. Who would have yeah. ever thought? You know, something that crazy stuff, and all of a sudden we got World War One. You know, yeah. but here's the other thing we don't know, and we don't know what victory, if that's the word you want to choose, looks like to Putin. You know, what if what if victory to him looks like this? You know, and I was struck by this a couple of weeks ago, looking at these pictures of you know the cities uh, in Ukraine and how much they resembled. The 1940s Berlin. Oh yeah, exactly. Is gone. Yeah, burned up, blown up. Uh, you know. And what if his idea of victory is to simply cripple Ukraine to the point where, well, he knows for sure the Americans and the Europeans are going to come in, like you were inferring, with bushel baskets of money to rebuild it while he has achieved his goal, which was to simply yeah. cripple this country to the point where they're, 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 they're neutral. They, they ain't going yeah. nowhere. They ain't going to be no threat no, no more. And uh, he's simply going to go home. 
I mean, because he lives close by, you know, as everybody knows. Yeah. What is oh, it yeah. for them to withdraw and say, you know what, um, I'm done. Yeah. And here we sit. Just clean your, uh, you clean your mess up. <laughs> exactly. You know, you're absolutely right, Tom. We don't know what victory looks like to him. We don't know what his plan is, uh, you know. Uh, is he is his plan to stay with it until uh, Volinsky walks out of office or says um, I give up or what? I, we don't know. Well, no one seems to know. But in the meantime, I think we do know that if we put millions and millions of dollars into the war, which we've already done, billions, at some point when this thing does end, and it will end somewhere, we're got probably one of the countries that's going to be asked uh, to come clean it up. And that's going to be even more expensive to do. Tom is absolutely right. We got to go to new U.S. or CBS News, folks. Uh, we'll be right back. KDAL time is twelve thirty-six. Fourteen degrees at the Sky Harbor Airport. Southwest wind at seven four four above on the wind chill. And Brad, I'm looking at the buoy uh, monitor here, and of course, uh, all the buoys on Lake Superior have been removed because it's winter time. Right. But there are some land-based uh, buoy. Uh, uh, observations, if you will, and uh, Silver Bay checks in 19 degrees. Now, this one in well, Silver... That's not bad. That's no, not it's bad. not. Now, this is close to the lake. This is... Uh, the Silver Bay okay. Airport has uh, abandoned their uh, weather uh, facility at the uh, Silver Bay Airport. And okay. this buoy, this, uh, this is NOAA that does this. This is near the lake. It's down by the bay, actually, of Silver Bay. And 19 degrees is the current temperature, at least the last observation. Because isn't, isn't this that very short period of time, Kenny, when the water or when the land temperatures right down close to the water are actually going to be higher than away from the water? Yeah, it's going to be milder near the lake because you got the relatively warm water that hasn't frozen yet, uh, but uh, no. it may. And as long as we're on this, let's go to Port Wing, 17 in Port Wing. Okay. So what do you think about these allies uh, that, that I quoted earlier that think that this conflict in the Ukraine could last three to five more years or longer? Yeah, well, like you pointed out, when uh, Russia invaded Afghanistan, I mean, geez, this goes back, what, 20 years? Uh, oh, yeah. And like you said, they were there, I think, 10 years, like you said, and they pulled out. Nothing changed. Nothing happened. They they didn't advance. They didn't uh, meet their goals, I guess. I don't know. And it appears that that's kind of what's happened in Ukraine. Ukraine, we thought, I think a lot of us, that Russia was going to go in there and, and roll over Ukraine, and they haven't done that. No. And, and to be honest, Kenny, I was one of the guys that at the very early stages, well, before the conflict even started, before the first missile was fired, I didn't think they were really going to go in there. I thought this was Putin, uh, you know, beating on his chest and all of that. Uh, I thought that was going to be a lot better uh, you know, that there there was just uh, a lot of that uh, beaten chest type yeah. of thing that was going to happen, but we would never really see a war. And But now that yeah. it's going that way, I don't know. Well, there comes, know a t- gonna end. There's a com- comes a time, Brad, when you help your neighbor, you help your family member, and then they keep asking and they keep demanding and they keep asking. And then there comes a point where you say enough's enough. Look, we've already given you this, that, and the other thing. And no, you've got enough. And I, I, I don't know if that's the way this works in Ukraine, but I know General Milley, he said, uh, we're, gonna, we're in this for the long run. And blah, blah, blah. It's like, really? <laughs> so maybe this is our war, Brad. I don't know. But say, I'm having a hard time uh, communicating with you here. We do have Tim from Two Harbors on the phone and brad you're oh, good, i think good. you're turning up your headset volume that has to turn no down. no 
No, I got that down. I, I was trying to turn up my main gain. Am, okay. am I not getting any better volume? Whatever you did there, that sounds much better. Okay, that was the main one then. All right, well, let's go to Tim uh, up in a couple of harbors. Tim, I uh, haven't talked to you in a while. How you been? Are you feeling okay? Oh, yeah, doing good. Uh, this winter good. weather tears me up a bit, but uh, arthritis and the fronts that go through don't uh, don't get along. Oh, okay. <laughs> So, so, so what's on your mind? All those, they say out of all those Itis brothers, Arthur is the worst, you know. Yes, uh, right. So, you know, I think it's time we turn the tables on the Twin Cities. Uh, greater uh, Minnesota does. You know, they want everything up here as their little playground and the way they want it. And the heck with us who have to live up here. And what is the other national treasure besides the boundary waters that is in Minnesota. Um, what do you think? See. Well, it would be Lake Superior. What else? The Mississippi River. Oh, the Mississippi. Okay. And I think we start doing what they do up here, down there. Every time they want to develop and put up another factory or another industry or another uh, complex of some point near the Mississippi, we go and fight it under environmental protection because they are ruining our national treasure in the Mississippi. And Uh we start start putting out uh, and proposing bills to start reversing the amount of buildup around that national treasure because it is destroying it, which it is. Uh, That thing is getting so polluted. And, uh, you know, we fight fire with fire, and we would be perfectly within our rights to do so. Um, you know, if they have a seat at the table on development up here, then we should have the seat on the table on development down there. You know, that's not a bad idea, actually, because you're right. It does seem like any any factory that gets built or any manufacturing plant ends up down along either the Mississippi or one of the tributary rivers down there, and all that pollution ends up going downstream. Absolutely. So, like I said, I think it's time we fight fire with fire and uh, take, a, take a look at what they're doing and, and uh, we're uh, in, uh, case by case basis. We're in Minnesota. We're in for big, uh, big uh, increases in our electrical rates, aren't we? I mean, if we look at going totally renewable energy sources, we're, we're going to just well, see enormous rates. Here's the problem, though. How do we really go to 100% renewable? Okay? We, we only have sun during the day. So we're only, we, there is no system to store energy that the sun puts out that can be used on the grid. There isn't anything no. big enough. And no. so... So here we are, uh, you know, that brings us to wind. Well, wind isn't always reliable either. And so in the wintertime when we've got only a few hours of sun, as Kenny said, it's low in the horizon, so it's not real good sun. You know, think of the blackouts that are happening. In fact, right now, I don't know if you've read the articles, but because of the amount of uh, heat pumps, and electrical cars in Germany, right now, they are uh, rationing the amount of electricity you can use for those two items. 
Yes, I did see an, a story on that. And I also saw the story that they're adding back coal plants, a lot of them. Yeah, they're refiring them up, but still saying that they plan on eliminating them by 2030. But for the short term, they are going to use them. Whereas on the other hand, uh, China is building coal plants just hand over fist. And so even if we want to look at what we're doing and saying, look at us, what a great thing we're doing, uh, China's outpacing anything we would gain if it actually matters. Boy, I just don't know what the answer is going to be. I, I I actually think, Tim, and I could be totally wrong, but I think the answer is going to be something that we haven't even really thought about yet, and that could be anything from uh, from nuclear, although people go crazy every time you start talking about building another uh, nuclear plant. But it could be some sort of uh, solar cell plant or something that we haven't even talked about. Actually, I think it's going to be uh, one of the big steps is going to be this uh, fusion energy, which for the first time ever, uh, the United States government, one of their facilities, has taken uh, two particles and made three particles of energy. And that's the first step in fusion, which uh, if that comes through, that is basically a cost-free, pollution-free that could be massive and the step yeah. on heating our homes and, and, you know, running things. I still don't know if that's uh, feasible for vehicles. Uh, but then if we eliminate all the fuels elsewhere, leaves us plenty of cheap gas to drive our cars yeah. around. Yeah. That's true. Very true. All right. Well, thanks, Tim. I'm glad to hear you're doing okay. And uh, hope we talk to you again very soon. Well, Kenny, uh, I don't know what the answer is either, but I think uh, I, I think Tim is right. I think some different source is going to be coming out. I mean, just listen to the stories yesterday with those guys from International uh, Trucks. From uh, the they they had much admitted that uh, over the next ten years we're going to see more changes uh, coming down the pike in just transportation than we've ever seen in our whole lifetime. And I think the same is going to be for uh, for energy production and energy assumption. So we'll, uh, we'll just uh, keep an eye on all that stuff. But anyway, back to this uh, story from Minneapolis uh, about the, uh, what, what is happening. The Democrats, Democratic lawmakers, have, in, have hesitated on cutting Social Security income taxes. But you heard Natalie say that a lot of her constituents, a lot of her uh, fellow Republicans have said, No, we're willing to go with that. We're willing to cut Social Security altogether. And all it takes is one Democrat. And supposedly, like she said, I've heard the same thing, that there are a number of them that campaigned on the idea of uh, getting rid of Social Security uh, taxes on, on the proceeds that come out when you retire. So... You know, we're going to see, uh, I, w- will the Democrats be able to hold their very slim margin or will one or two of them roll over and we'll end up getting away with it? Much of the budget increase, though, is one-time spending. We all know that. It's all surplus. Um, the Chamber of Commerce were very quick to note that significant spending jumps uh, and criticized the, gover- the governor for creating other new taxes and using the surplus to expand government spending. And, uh, I mean, it's about a billion dollars more spending that he's already created so far. 
So uh, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it as we go along. Uh, Kenny, we got to take our Minnesota news break. Let's do that, and then we'll come back and wrap up hour number two. KDAL time is 12.56. We have lots of sunshine. 13 degrees is the air temp currently in Duluth. 13. You know, it really is, though, isn't it, Kenny? I mean, yes, yeah, 13 degrees is cold. But if you're standing in your home and you see the sunlight and it's coming through the window, it, yeah. it just makes you feel better. It, it does. Re- it really does. Now, yesterday in Duluth, we had kind of an odd winter uh, phenomenon. The high temp occurred at one minute before noon <laughs> at 11.59 a.m. 25 was the high yesterday. And then it started dropping from there. Huh? The low the low was 11. The low occurred at one minute before midnight. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so 25 on the high yesterday, 11 on the low. Normal this time of the year is 20 on the high, 2 on the low. Uh, extremes for January 26th, the record high, 47. Got to go back to 1877. The record low, minus 31 back in 1972. And the record snowfall for January 26th, it was 2004, 18.2 inches of snow fell. It's a lot of snow in one day, boy. I think that's the daily record for the month of January, if I'm not mistaken. 18.2. Well, listen, I want to wrap up in the last minute here just some of these other things out of this uh, governor's plan. You know, he does want to pay off what's left at the U.S. Bank Stadium. That's That's a smart thing, I think. $377 million. Is all that's left? I know it sounds like a lot, but it's it's nothing. It'll actually pay oh, off no, well, you, the balance twenty years ahead of schedule. You mean the ugliest sports stadium in the U.S.? There was a recent there was a recent you mean poll. The Viking ship. There was the a recent ship. poll that U.S. Bank Stadium was voted the ugliest building. I think. Let alone sports Well, stadium. I think it's rather nice inside. I mean, the outside looks like something out of a spaceship somewhere. But I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I want to go yeah. back to Met Stadium and the outdoor yeah. games oh, God, with yeah. Carl and Bud Grant. <laughs> Everybody bundled up. Boy, I remember going to games, and uh, Carl Eller's mom would sit alongside of me. Because I got tickets for the really? with some of the players. Yeah, and his mom, she was the biggest, not very handsome woman <laughs> Well, what does that mean? But she always, she always had this big, heavy wool—not uh, wool, but uh, like a fur coat of some kind. Carl bought her some huge fur coat. Brad and man, if Carl Eller is listening to this radio broadcast, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you are done. I'm in a lot of trouble. Well, oh! She wasn't a very, she wasn't a very okay, handsome we heard woman. Oh, geez, we don't have to say it again. <laughs> Anyway, folks, we got to go. We'll be back. We got one hour to go. Come back and join us, please.